Welcome, friends, to the Girl Mom Podcast. This is Carrie Kampakis, your host. So recently on Instagram stories, I asked my followers what topics they'd like me to cover in posts and podcasts this year. And the number one request was sibling rivalry and helping your kids be close. As a mom of four girls and someone who grew up in a large family, I was actually child number four and I have three sisters and one brother, this topic has always intrigued me. Mary Lauren was excited when I mentioned the topic to her because she's from a large family too. She's the only girl with four brothers, and so together we should have some good ground to cover. Whether you're listening to this episode alone, with your friends, with your daughter or your son or with someone else, I pray that you find it helpful, hopeful, and relevant. Remember to leave a review or five stars ratings wherever you listen if you enjoy the messages here. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Mary Lauren. I have missed you this past month. It's been a while since we have got to do a conversation because of Christmas, Mm -hmm. but I'm excited about this one. I think it's so different than what we've talked about before, and I'm really um, curious to see what you're going to say on the subject. This is a fun topic. It's interesting no matter what, but coming from you having four siblings and me having four siblings, I feel like we had to pray that the Lord would put order to our thoughts because of all the stories that come to mind and situations. I know. I know it is. And, you know, it, it's it's funny because I wasn't really surprised that this was the number one topic moms asked for because mm-hmm. I know from a mother's perspective, like, you know, I think about when I leave this earth, like, what do I want for my children more than anything else? And that would definitely be one of the top three things is I want my kids to always be close. And and my, my parents were always big on that. Like my my dad growing up, he was always telling us, you know, blood is thicker than water. You know, that means your family is going to always be there. Mm-hmm. Your friends may come and go, but your fr- family is always there. Harry's family was the same way. His dad was very adamant on family. Even when they were talking about marriage, his, his dad mm-hmm. would always tell them, you marry family. Mm-hmm. So you better like their family because they become your family once you're married. And, and I think both of, probably both of those philosophies go back to his dad and my dad. They were from immigrants. You know, they were from families that immigrated from Greece and also from Italy and Poland. And so I think there was a lot of that, that ethnic mentality, which I love, of the importance of family. Because when the immigrants came to America, like, that's all you had. Like, you had to rely on your family, and you were helping each other survive and make it. And so I really love that, but I do feel like it's really lost its relevance in our mm-hmm. world today. Some people don't believe in the importance of family, but I feel very strongly that God created us to, to have strong families, that we, He wants our children to be close even more than we want our children to be close, and mm-hmm. that is God's design. But as we all know, there are so many things that get in the way of that. Right. I think about, too, Acts 17, when He says that He places us in the boundaries of our land and the timing that He does so that we'll reach out and find Him though He's not far from any one of us, because it's in Him that we live and move and have our being. And I think about that in terms of family. It's just a crazy thought to think God placed us in the family He placed us in under the parents that gave us birth, you know, with the siblings that He willed into existence too. And so as funny and as lighthearted and as entertaining as it is to talk about sibling stories, it's a really powerful thing to realize God did place us in the family He placed us in. And it's a it can be I mean, He wills it to be this unified force in your life that it's a foundation. Um, it'll always—it's crazy how many people's faith is so strong because of their parents' faith and because of their grandparents' faith. So it really is important to talk about and just seeing God's heart for the family, which is to be unified, you know? Oh, I agree so much with that. You know, like I said in the intro, I'm from a family of five kids, and I was number four, and I was the most painfully shy kid. And it's funny because when I look back, I mean, I realize that 
being a shy kid in a family of five kids where we always had people at our house. And my brother was a huge basketball star. Um, he was very athletic. He always had his friends over. They were always having parties. All these older kids were there. So I was really thrown into a lot of chaos and social situations. And I loved it. Like, I loved the excitement of it. But, you know, it was really just some of those situations and being in a big family that helped bring me out of my shell. I feel like it also toughened me up a little bit. If mm-hmm. I had gone out into the real world being mm-hmm. as shy and sensitive as I was when I was small, I don't think I would have made it very well. But I do feel like it prepared me for a lot of the things to come because I had to really, um, you know, learn to toughen up and not be so sensitive over everything. And siblings will definitely do that for you, don't you think? Definitely. I mean, yes, I have four brothers. And so in terms of rivalry, which was something we were talking about earlier, um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm the only girl, as we've said, but watching my four brothers, you know, they all play football. They all play baseball. They all play basketball. They all want to be strong, the t- t- tall, the most athletic, the fastest. I've just watched them year after year after year, just like constantly competing against each other. And it's really entertaining, first of all, because half the time you walk in our house, there's shirtless boys flexing in the mirror, sizing each other up, you know, but it actually has been cool too, because, you know, as the only girl, I've kind of had an interesting, I'm not really trying to be stronger than them. I'm not trying to be more athletic than them, but I also, you know, as a, a sister, like this a female voice in their life that they actually, you know, come to and respect. And I've just realized, okay, Lord, like, what is your will for me as their sister? You know, like, how can I paint the picture of how a girl should be, of how, you know, a future, how a girlfriend should be, how a future wife should be? I've had to think about that because I got, I had a mentality when I was younger that I was like the princess of the family. And I still kind of do, <laughs> but, but it's just funny. My dad would call me the princess among the frogs, he'd call me the pearl among the oysters. It was kind of like, I never had to share anything. I had my own room, my own clothes, my own bathroom. And they were like thrown into like the bunk bedrooms, you know, on lake trips and beach trips. And so I just kind of made it about me for a really long time. And I'm not saying that I still don't because my dad still calls me the princess of the family. But no, the Lord really has um, just shown me, why did I, why do you think I've given you four brothers? You know, like, why do you think that I put you in the center of those boys? Um, you know, they protect me. They're super, they, as much as they pick at me and make fun of me, it's actually crazy. Just the way that God gave them this desire to just respect me. And like, they can say whatever they want to me behind closed doors, but then like in in the world, that's really telling, you know, like how do, how do your siblings view you based on what they tell other people? I know you're so right. And um, I guess you're like Jack in my family. So my brother, Mm. he's always been kind of the peacemaker. Mm. And I mean, even now, he's just everybody loves Jack. I mean, he just he has such a good way of diffusing situations. And and he's really even carried that into his friendships. Like he's always been Mm. that peacemaker. And so it, it is fun having somebody in the mix that does that. And um, like I said, I grew up with three sisters, and I'm now raising four girls. And when you're talking about your your brothers and how outwardly competitive they are, Mm -hmm. I think maybe with boys, it's more obvious that they're competitive. And then with girls, sometimes it's more that quiet competition Mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily say out loud, Mm -hmm. but you know it's happening. Right. So, you know, one thing I've tried to be aware of as a mom, and Harry, too, as a father, is just really celebrating each child, especially when you do have a family that's Mm -hmm. all the same gender. Right. And um, I've just always found it fascinating that, I read one time that siblings share 50% of their genes, but I'm thinking, you know, I've never met two siblings that are really alike. Like they're always so different. And it occurred to me the other day, I was thinking, you know, you meet a lot of kids who they're like their mom or they're like their dad, but Mm -hmm. I really don't ever meet a lot of kids that I say they're just like their sister. That's true. You know, I think that they're very different. And 
Harry and I have talked about this. Like, I feel like that's God's graciousness. I feel mm-hmm. like that's a grace from God that it makes it hard to compare them when they're that different. Right. And with my girls, they're all so different. And, and when they were little, it caused a lot of issues. You mm-hmm. know, they have very different personalities. I have, you know, some that are really sensitive and some that aren't as sensitive. And so, you mm-hmm. know, we had to have so many talks when they were little because one might say something to hurt the other one's feelings. And, I'm, and I would have to pull her aside and say, hey, you know, mm-hmm. that one not, might not hurt your feelings, but that's going to be hurtful to other people. Mm-hmm. And I knew as I was doing that as a mom that it's not just the sibling relationship that you're trying to help them with. It was a great opportunity to teach them these social skills that are going to help them in the real world and right. you know they need these skills and that's where you learn how to get along with people and I would always tell them that you know if you two like Ellen and Sophie used to fight all the time I mean they're so close now and mm-hmm. it, it warmed my heart when Sophie decided recently she was going to Alabama and not Auburn I mean mm-hmm. she and Ella cried about it and I was like so I hated that for them but it made me feel good that I'm like they do love each other you right. know I just I wasn't sure what would happen when they were little because mm-hmm. They fought all the time. And usually it was Sophie was just trying to push her way into Ella's life. She just wanted her attention and her time. And the more she did that, the more Ella would push her away. And it just made for a really unpleasant home environment. And so, I don't know, a lot of people say you you have to let them work it out. And in some ways you do. But Mm -hmm. I do think, especially with little kids, as I'm talking to moms with little ones, that they don't have that skill. Mm -hmm. You know, if you let them fend for themselves, and there's no telling what may happen. And so they do need some of those skills and understanding each other's personality. So like with my, my child that's not very sensitive, I would have to tell her, you know, do you think it or do you say it? Mm-hmm. You know, like that comment was rude. It might not hurt your feelings, but it's going to hurt somebody else's feelings. Right. And sometimes she'd say something and I would just look at her and say, think it or say it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, should that be voiced out loud? Right. Um, and then I had another child who was really sensitive mm-hmm. and, you know, she would cry over everything. I mean, if her sister said her cartwheel was off, just tears. Right. right. And I related to that because I was so shy and sensitive and emotional mm-hmm. as a child. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we had to have a lot of conversations. I'd pull her side. And I'd be like, okay, you know, I want you to keep your tender heart, but have a thick skin. You know, how can you have a thick skin? And because the world can be hard and people mm-hmm. can say mean or rude things sometimes, but I don't want you to lose that tender heart that makes you so awesome. Right. And so we would do this little thing. We'd talk about the comments, somebody that said something mean that hurt her feelings. Then I would just tell her, let it roll off your shoulders. And so that was our little joke. And, and she really did kind of toughen up with time. And she's definitely mm-hmm. not as sensitive as she used to be. Right. And back to what you said of how you've never really met two siblings that are just like each other. Um, it's kind of amazing how siblings can be so different. Like my four brothers, you know, they're all boys. They all play sports. But they could not be more different, you know. And like Jake, the oldest, he's so sweet. He's the most joyful person, makes everyone he feel, he talks to feel like they're the most special person in the room. My friends have always been in love with him. Like he's just is like the sweetest, most pure hearted guy. But then my, the brother right below me, Kai, he is like hilarious. I mean, he is, he can be, you know, stubborn, but he's super competitive. He's super, he's more private about things, you know, whereas like Jake and I, we would, tell our family everything, you know, like just full disclosure. We would come home and tell my mom stories and what the update is on our love lives, like all the things. But Kai was more private, you know, and to himself, which wasn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, he just didn't think to talk about himself as much as Jake and I did. But um, I don't know, even just those two, because us three are all 18 months apart. It's I think it could be hard to look at your older sibling who is so different than you and to be like, wow, like the goal is to be like them, you know, or... 
we're so different. My parents are so proud of him. Like, oh, I need to become just like him. But really just recognizing what you said, how every single person, God has given different gifts and different personality traits. And the goal isn't to be just like your older sibling. The goal is to be like Jesus and just learning to recognize the goal. It's just, that can bring you even closer. You know, it makes it more fun when you have the comedian in the family and then the perfectionist, like, to a T, like conscientious, sweet older brother, it makes it way more fun when everyone is walking in the personality and that God gave them. And it doesn't become this competition because like Jake, he is, he has gifts that Kai will never have, but Kai has gifts that Jake will never have, you know, and same with Tate, same with Clay. So recognizing those gifts and calling them out in your kids instead of having this cookie cutter way of how every child should be is huge. Oh, I could not agree more. I think that's I think that's the key is just realizing that celebrating everybody's personality. And, mm-hmm. and that's one thing I love about a big family is that you are exposed to a lot of personalities. Mm-hmm. And I would tell that to my kids when they were little all the time. I'm like, I think I mentioned that earlier. Like if y'all can learn to get along with each other, right? Who somebody who's so different than you, then mm-hmm. you're set for life. Like that is what life is all Truly. about. And I do feel like it's helped me just in the real world that I can I'm not saying I click with everybody, but mm-hmm. I can get along with a lot of different personalities and right. I can adapt. And even if somebody's different than me, I can appreciate these things about them or admire them or wish I had those same qualities mm-hmm. because I grew up with so many siblings that are so different. And right. I see it in my children too. Right. And the way I sometimes feel as a mom, I feel like when a healthy, I feel like when a family is on the right track, I feel like the way it feels. Mm-hmm. And when I have these moments as a mom, this is when I think this is how it's supposed to be. Like, this is good. This mm-hmm. is what we're aiming for. But it reminds me of how, like, when I was in high school or college or even now, when, you know, sometimes you're with a certain group of friends. Right. And sometimes, like, I have a group of friends right now, and we just randomly did dinner together one night for somebody's birthday. Mm-hmm. And we had the best time. And mm-hmm. so now we have a monthly dinner date, like we do right. it every month, because we just had a great group dynamic. Mm-hmm. And we're all different. We're, we all have personal, different personalities. We bring different um, funny things to the table. But that's what makes it click. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's missing, it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a great family is like, that you need those different personalities. It's like <clears throat> the different cogs and the wheels, and that's what's making it fun. And you got mm-hmm. the witty one, and you got the extrovert, and you got the shy one, and you right. got everybody kind of inserting their little personality. Mm-hmm. And it just creates this dynamic that mm-hmm. it's just bigger than one person can be. Right. And when I was little, I used to view my brothers as just like, you know, the pack of boys, you know, I wasn't trying, I wasn't thinking critically on like, how can I get closer to each one? You know, what are their individual gifts? Like, that's not at all what I was thinking about. I was actually crying because I wanted a sister so badly. That was <laughs> my heart behind that. But it's been cool the older I've gotten and um, the more I've just been more prayerful about my siblings and more prayerful about everything in life, family, parents. It's been really sweet of the Lord to just show me the different dynamics that each brother and I have. Because everywhere I go, people are like, who's your favorite brother? And I'm like, I love all of them. They're like, no, seriously, who's your favorite brother? And I'm like, Tate, but I'm just he's the baby. But I don't really say I just every brother is so different. Like Jake is my only older brother. So he is like someone who we talk on the phone and like he prays for me. And like he is like a second dad in a way, you know, and then. Kai, right below me, we went to Auburn together, worked at JH together, kind of just did more life together. And um, Clay, who's a senior in high school, his grade of girls were always kind of the grade that I had small groups for and like led. And so I know his grade, you know, and he can tell me things because I like know who he's talking about. And we just, 
we can relate, I guess, with things going on in his life. But then Tate is the baby and he is like my second son or not my second son. I'm like his second mom. And so it's just been sweet recognizing, okay, the ways I spend time with these brothers and the way that I talk to them and it's going to look different, you know, for every single one. And that has been an adventure, you know, and even living at home right now, like one of the best parts about graduating is that I get to like drive Tate and his friends around to different basketball games and pick them up from dinner and get to know his people. But it's just sweet. Like your sibling could be something that you're kind of wanting to like hide and like not talk about, you know, but, or it could be something that you're so excited to like Tate. He's like, will you pick me up from my friend's house? And I'm like, there could not be a sweeter feeling like than knowing that he wants me to be around his friends, you know, but if I was just focused on me all the time, because there was a time when I was focused on me, you know, I'm like, how can, like, what do my brothers do for me? Because for so long, I felt like they were trying to hold me back, you know, even in high school, going on dates with different guys, it was like, no one was okay. You know, like I could date, go on a date with a football player and they're like, no, 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 no. Like we know what they talk about in the locker room. Like you can't date that. I'm like, okay. So then like, I would date this really nice guy. They're like, no, he's too nice. There's just something about him. Like, it's too nice. I'm like, okay. So for a while, I just kind of viewed them as brothers. Like, they just, they don't get me. They're trying to hold me back. You know, like, I'm just going to not consider their opinion. But actually, the Lord gave them to me because they have wisdom and discernment, and they want to protect me. They want what's best for me. So I think just viewing that, I think realizing, okay, like, what how, like what are my siblings' heart towards me, you know, and what is my heart towards them? You know, am I looking at them as my sweet brothers that I can be a blessing to, or as these little annoying rugrats that like get in my way? You know, it's like you have to choose how you're going to view them. Yeah, that's so true. And I do, going back to, I think that how you view them also transfers to your friendships. Definitely. You, know, if you are competitive oh and jealous, and you have all these hidden resentments towards your siblings, and you're <laughs> going to carry that into your relationships. Right. And that's why I've always really tried to work on that with my girls. It's like I want them True. to genuinely celebrate each other. Like I know there's going to be jealousy here and there, especially when they're doing right. the same thing. But I really try to just emphasize their strengths and help them. I try to spread the wealth too, you know, mm-hmm. like even the praise. And I think as moms, we got to be careful about this. But one thing I've learned with my kids is that they got to get used to hearing somebody else be praised. Right. That's my opinion, mm-hmm. because that's the real world. And there are a lot of kids, when mine were little, sometimes I'd say, oh, you know, Miss Johnson called today and she was bragging on you, saying what a sweet friend you were to, mm-hmm. your, to, your, to her daughter. And, you know, another daughter would say, well, I'm a sweet friend too. You know, they couldn't handle hearing that compliment about their sister. And so I would think, you know, we got to work on this. Like, that's life. You've got to right. be able to be happy for somebody and not feel right. offended just because somebody else is praised. Uh-huh. But I think as moms and parents, we got to be careful that you're not just doing that all the time for one child. Right. And so it might be, you know, the phone call for one child, but it might also be like, I am so proud of you. You know, you were getting up at 6 o'clock every morning to do this 21 days of prayer. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I saw your heart when you were helping the neighbor, you know, carrying in those bag of groceries, mm-hmm. like praising them out loud. And it could right. be for those soft skills that really don't get talked about enough. This, their kind heart, uh-huh. their tender spirit, their compassion to, towards someone. Mm-hmm. Or, um, oh, you know, my dad told me that you called him today. Thank you so much for calling your grandfather. Like mm-hmm. that meant so much to him. It made his day. Mm-hmm. I think that those little things, if we kind of spread the wealth with our kids and you're always praising them for different things, then it kind of helps them see what's special about them. Right. And it makes them feel seen and valued too. Right, definitely. Uh Uh-huh, just because that helps you too start seeing someone else's gain, like not as your loss. Yes. Because it's easy to see like, oh, okay, well, he's, my brother's really smart. Oh, like I'm not that, you know, or like, oh, he he did really well in that game. I did bad in my game. 
but it's it definitely is cool too that like you know siblings we know each other's weaknesses yes (laughs) you know the whole world will acknowledge the good things about you but your siblings and your family know your weaknesses like you're they know how to get under your skin they know how to mess with you and so I think sometimes we can take advantage of that and use it as like a weapon for to attack you know and to divide and to get under people's skin but I think trying to use that instead I mean my brothers are always going to make fun of me like I just have come to time of accepting it you know but there's I think it really is telling what they say about you um when you're not around in the room um but this is cool because I feel like there were times when I thought I would like graduate from getting annoyed with my brothers you know or having arguments with them but now that I live at home I was like you know I just have not graduated from that one bit I'm (laughs) probably struggling with that now more than ever yeah but I I read something somewhere and it was about a leader who you know the whole world loves this guy you know he's charismatic he's kind to the world you know he speaks well in front of people but his family, you know, was like super dysfunctional and his marriage was kind of falling apart. His kids didn't even know him. And I remember the Lord just in that moment speaking to me like, like I never want that to be me. You know, like I never want to be someone that like the whole world loves. And then I go home and I'm like so rude to my mom. And because it's like we've talked about this, mm-hmm. your mom and your dad and your brothers, whoever. For me, it's my mom, though. Like I know that she loves me and like I know that she's a safe place, but I've you know, I've taken things out on her, like, I'll vent to her, or I'll just, I wear her out sometimes, you know, just, you can be your best self for the whole world, and then just totally be your worst self for the people closest to you, and there is a space for that, you know, there's a space to vent to your mom or your family member, because it's safe, but I don't want to be someone that the whole world loves, and then I have a dysfunctional family, you know, like, I want my family to be the people that know me the most, and the deepest, and that see me on my worst days and my best ones to be the ones that can say, you know, no, she, like, she is the real deal. You know, like, I want yeah. them to be able to affirm me the most, so. That's so true, and I actually, let's let's go back to that topic about putting on your best show for the world, and then we really mm-hmm. become our real selves at home. Right. And actually, that was my chapter one in Love Her Well, and that was the chapter that resonated with the most moms that I get the most feedback on. Mm-hmm. It's about just... Uh, how criticism is the biggest thing that can ruin the parent-child relationship. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also the biggest thing that can ruin the sibling relationship. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we don't even realize we're being critical. But what happens is, you know, we're tired when we get home and we have been, you know, had our guard up all day or we've been putting our, our our best selves for the world. And then we get home and we can relax. And sometimes we lose our filters and mm-hmm. we drop our guards. And it's easy just to get really content and comfortable in that. But mm-hmm. I think that's one thing that moms can really work on, too, with their kids. I've had to really work on that with mine and with myself as well. Because I'm thinking, you know, if I'm sitting here, and I used to do this a lot when my kids were little, I was, I'd get mad at them for, for yelling at each other, but then I'm yelling at them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm not really setting the example and the tone for our mm-hmm. home that I want them to model. It's hard. And so it is hard. And so I was like, if I really want them to be loving and to speak lovingly toward each other, right. I've got to be intentional in how I'm speaking to them. Mm-hmm. So I, I realized that a lot of times it was starting with me and the right. way that I was treating the situation. True. I yeah. remember that reminds me of when I was little and my brothers were complaining or whining, I would go, talk, talk nice. I would like yell, talk nice to them in the meanest voice. And my mom said they would all just laugh because I'm like this little girl going, talk nice in the most like <laughs> hateful voice. But that is so true. And it's so hard to like control yourself sometimes. And just it's the fruit of the spirit, self-control, love, 
peace, gentleness, kindness, patience, those things. You know, I could be ministering those to the whole world, you know, to every little high school girl, to every college girl. And I get home and my brother like jumps on my bed and messes it up. And I'm like, Clay, you know, like I just, it really is convicting when you realize wow, like I want to walk out what I talk, you know. It, I know. And you're like, me. it could get kind of um, primitive at home. Definitely. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, oh my gosh, like like we said, we get the we put on our best show for the world, right. but then we can really let our guard down. So I think that's something we can always encourage in ourselves as moms and also in the kids that we're raising. It's just uh-huh. like, you know, you're, you're, and I would tell mine this too, you know, your friends will come and go, but mm-hmm. your family's forever. Mm-hmm. And I, I want them to be close. And like I said earlier, my parents were big on wanting us to all be close. And before my mom passed away, I remember her saying, you know, nothing would break my heart more than if you kids weren't close. Like mm-hmm. that is the number one thing that she cared about. Mm-hmm. And we were talking earlier about Prince Harry's, the new memoir that's out. And that's what I keep thinking about. Obviously, I don't know Princess Diana, but I know that she had a mother's heart. And I, I just think about all those pictures I saw mm-hmm. of her and her two little boys, especially after she got divorced. And it was just the three of them. And how much peace and joy it probably brought her that her boys were so close. Because as a mother, there's nothing that you want more. Right. And I like Harry, but now I just look at this book and the Netflix series, and it just makes me so sad because mm-hmm. I'm like, he has thrown his bu- brother under the bus in so many ways and aired some dirty laundry that it just makes me uncomfortable to even hear. And I'm thinking, you know, everybody has stuff that they could say about their family members. Right. You know, like they could say it about me or you. I mean, mm-hmm. we all have been our worst self at home and we're not maybe showing the world but we're maybe showing the people at home but Mm -hmm. you know but to go and throw what do it so publicly and air it so publicly I just it makes me sad for their relationship because I know if if their mom was alive like that is the number one thing that would Mm -hmm. probably kill her as a mother because that's what we desire so much for our children right yeah I mean because we were kind of touching on this earlier but you know we could pretty much say anything to each other my brothers and I you know we could go off I'll pop off to them, but then the second I get out of our house and anyone's asking me about Kai, Clay, Jake, Tate, I only, like, you know, I just want to cover them, you know, like, nothing in me wants to be like, oh, Kai is the worst, he's like a hard-headed, you know, no, because he's not, like, he actually has a really soft heart for the Lord, a soft heart for people, and I believe that with all my heart, and I think just wanting to cover your siblings and wanting to speak well of them and speak life to them, over them to the world is just like so important I mean like but also going back to what you said of just how you're talking to your little kids about not yelling at each other then you yell at them but just how honest and humble you are of being like okay I'm not perfect you know like that's something my dad would say to us because he would get when there's five kids screaming and yelling at each other it's like (laughs) you lose it you gotta rein it in you know and, and have discipline and all the things but my mom and dad, you know, are good about being like, listen, I've never raised five kids before this. You know, like, this is the first time I'm doing this. Like, it's not, we're learning day day by day, you know, and I think just having that humility to be like, I'm going to get over-tempered. I'm sorry. You know, like, just, I'm sorry. Like, I lost my temper. I shouldn't have done that. I think just having space, having an example to see of like, okay, it's okay. Like, you're not going to mess up. Like, don't feel this, like, guilt and shame every time you yell at your brother because, you know, it's going to happen, but just having the, having the humility and the family to be like, I'm sorry, I yelled at you instead of no one letting their guard down. No one's admitting when they're wrong. No one can get past 
their desire to be heard and to be understood. Because I had to realize that for for the longest time, I had such a thing. Like I wanted everyone to like hear me and understand me. And my dad, it just got to the point, like if my mom and I got in a fight, I so badly wanted my dad to understand me. And he's like, listen, I, I do want to hear you, but I don't care if you're disrespecting my wife. Like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Like, he's like, just, I mean, he would say that in a sweet way. It just, I wouldn't let it down. I couldn't get past wanting to be right. You know, Yeah. he's like, Mary Lauren, the goal isn't to be right. The goal is to be close. Like, mm. like, would you rather be right and then be estranged from your whole family? Or do you want to be close, you know, and united? Like, that is the goal. And I think we would all say that, you know, we don't want to be stubborn and right. We want to be close and forgiving, you know, and gracious and kind. Oh, that's so true. Well, I want to, okay, let's, we're going to go back to that topic of how there has to be a spirit of forgiveness and Mm -hmm. grace and conflict resolution and reconciliation. So let's go there. But also something you just said that I thought about, and I shared this in an Instagram story yesterday, that one of the best things I've seen on the new memoir from Prince Harry is it was an article on the Today website written by Patty Davis. Mm. And so she wrote a scathing memoir about her father, Ronald Reagan, who I loved Ronald Reagan. And I remember when the book came out because my dad loved Ronald Reagan and did not like this daughter because of what she had done to her father. But she wrote this terrible memoir about him and, and Nancy Reagan and just said all this, just aired a lot of stuff. And um, But anyway, she read an article yesterday telling Prince Harry that it's probably going to backfire what he's done and that she really regretted writing that book and mm. later went to apologize to her parents. But she said that. She's like, I just wanted to be heard. Mm. I just wanted to be understood. And I thought that writing this book would make them hear me and understand me. Mm -hmm. But like you said, it does the exact opposite. It just creates that division. And it takes what could have been done privately. That conflict and those tensions could have been handled privately. And it just airs it publicly and embarrasses people. And it Mm -hmm. makes it even harder to reconcile what you've broken. Right. So, um, but let's go back. Hopefully nobody's going to be writing memoirs about their siblings and their parents. Anybody listening. But let's go back to the more practical stuff of how there does have to be that spirit of grace and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And to know that relationships that last a long time, like I read this before somewhere too, that you know, when you have a child, like your child's longest relationships are going to be their sibling relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the many reasons why they're important. And I think, you know, nobody understands my girls like their sisters, because nobody else knows what it's like to have me and Harry's parents. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows what it's like, you know, what they were like at three years old or five years old. Like there's just so much there. And like you said, you know, each other's buttons, you know, each other's insecurities, you know, what has made each other cry or those dark seasons you've gone through. But, you know, any season or any relationship that lasts a long time is going to have ups and downs, and Mm -hmm. it's going to have good seasons and bad seasons, and you're going to make mistakes. And when you're living with people, whether it's siblings or roommates, you're going to make each other mad and make mistakes. And so there definitely has to be that spirit of grace and forgiveness and realizing that, okay, they're not perfect, but I'm not perfect either. Mm -hmm. And they do things that really annoy me, but I Mm -hmm. do things that really annoy them too. Definitely. And it does take a lot of that humility. It does. But, um, But going back to like... Conflict resolution. And that wasn't one thing that that's one thing I really had to learn as a mom. And I think I've mentioned that before, because, you know, we grew up in a family of five kids. It was just pretty scrappy. It was kind of every every girl and guy out for themselves. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we got along. We're close. We all love each other. But we never really learned conflict resolution. Like my sisters and I, if we ever got in a fight, we just wouldn't talk for three days. Mm -hmm. And then when you started talking, the fight was over. 
So I've said this before, I carried that into my parenting and it really caused a lot of relationship damage Mm. when my girls became teenagers because I wouldn't apologize. I just would give them the cold treatment or wait for it to blow over. But those things never really go away. So Mm -mm. that's one thing I'm big on now. And I try to teach my children. I'm like, don't make that mistake. Like, don't ever be, you know, too proud to apologize because, Mm. you know, that affected my marriage too. Like Harry's very quick to apologize. He's very humble in that way. And I really have had to learn that skill. But, um, but really just teaching conflict resolution and what an important life skill that is in any relationship, whether it's siblings or, or other ones. But, you know, they say that conflict resolution and the ability to make repairs is the number one predictor of success in marriage. And this comes from America's top couples therapist. His wow. name is John Gottman. He's like the number one thing that successful couples do is they know how to circle back around mm. and repair what they've broken. Mm. So the way I look at sibling relationships, or if you have an only child, it could be your child's relationship with their cousins or whoever else is in their circle that's helping teach them those dynamics, that when we're teaching them how to go back and say, I'm sorry, you know, will you forgive me? Can we move on to make those repairs that you're really teaching them these skills that are going to help them in any relationship they have? Mm, That is huge. I'm just thinking about the number of explosive arguments or like conversations where I'm being so dramatic, so expressive, won't stop talking, defending myself, explaining the situation. It's just like, exhausting and I'm like if I would just have not talked and been like I'm just going to forgive them you know like just the number of just the amount of resentment and bitterness and exhaustion that would have been saved I mean I'm over here like it's just it's when you put it like that of like wow like I would way rather be wrong and close than alone in my room like all frustrated and prideful and entitled to whatever I'm feeling And I also think when you choose your words carefully with your siblings, you know, they start putting more weight on your words too. Like my brother used to, we used to get in arguments. Like I would say, you hurt my feelings. And he's like, well, you're too dramatic. And I'm like, well, you shouldn't talk like that. And he's like, well, you shouldn't be so sensitive. And we would just like go back and forth. And then I'm just like, oh, he doesn't understand me. Like, but you know, when you realize, okay, he's not like the devil, you know, like my brothers are sweet. Right. And for you, I convinced myself that they're like, you know, I used to convince myself that they're the enemy, but then I think about Ephesians six and I don't, it's like everything is spiritual. I was going to say, I don't want to over spiritualize it, but everything is spiritual. You know, Mm -hmm. like our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers, principalities, authorities, and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. When you remember who the enemy is all of a sudden, like, okay, I don't want to be divided against my brothers. Like I want to be close and, they're for you. They're not against you. And anyway, it's just been cool thinking about the years of the Lord with the spirit of grace and forgiveness and mercy, just starting to implement that in a family. Now it's like, they'll come to me for advice. Like they want to hear what I have to say, you know, instead of in the past, they'd be like, just stop talking, just stop being dramatic. You know, now they're like, what do you think about this? And it's just crazy how like, that's the Lord's will is for us to be blessings to each other and to be united and and not not against each other you know like just yes and and another story that comes to mind too that I think this is a good example of how sibling relationships are supposed to work but they don't always work because we're human and we're sinful and we sometimes get it wrong but Mm -hmm. years ago my dad was counseling this boy who was in college and he's a typical boy very competitive especially with his little brother even though his little Mm -hmm. brother was much younger but he was complaining to my dad, you know, that his little brother was outperforming him in um, middle school athletics, that he was always already doing better in basketball than he did at that age. And he was upset about it, even though he's now in college. Right. And I think that's such a typical sibling dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I love what my dad told him. He said, 
I told him, you know, you better hope he's doing better than you because that means you did your job. Mm-hmm. And I think from a Christian perspective, like that is how we're called to live is that as siblings, okay, say you and your sibling do do the same sport. Mm-hmm. We mentioned earlier, like you always hear that a lot of the best athletes are those little brothers. And it's because they played with their big brothers and their friends so much. Right. And they were scrappy. You know, they mm-hmm. had to learn to rise to the challenge. Mm-hmm. And they were always playing up against players who were better than them. Mm-hmm. And it made them more successful. Right. And sometimes they were able to outperform their brothers. True. So you have that situation in a family. And I think these are good things for moms to talk about. You know, mm-hmm. what do you do? You know, you have a choice at that moment. You can either be jealous and you can get mad that your sibling is outperforming you. Or you can celebrate them and be so proud of them and know that you played a role in their success. Oh, that's so true. And then I think for the little sibling or the sibling that's doing well because of that help or because of how they were shaped by their sibling, to be grateful for that and Mm -hmm. to acknowledge that and to say, I would never be here if it wasn't for you, Mm -hmm. that you helped me achieve this, that you are part of this. Right. And like I said, I think that's how families are supposed to function. I think mm-hmm. when we do have those dynamics in place, that's when family becomes a place of healing and not a place of hurting. Right. But it's just getting to that place mm-hmm. and, and getting everybody on board because you could have three siblings who buy into that and one who doesn't, and right. it's still not going to be the best dynamic. Oh, it's so true. And there are so many years and years of memories. I can remember of just watching my four brothers play two on two, like shirtless basketball or like playing in the yard, playing, doing football. And just the number of arguments or like just fights that would break out in their competitive years of playing games against each other. But now, like my older brother who works and lives in Birmingham now, like doesn't miss a game, you know, for Clay oh, and for Tate. Love that. Kai will drive back from Auburn just to come to like Clay's senior senior night football game. It's just oh. they're each other's biggest fans. And it's not a matter of, oh, he's better than me. Like, you know, it's not like that. It's like, wow, he is so good. Like they're so proud of him. And now that Clay, you know, he's a senior and he's looking at colleges maybe to play football for like a smaller school. I mean, they are calling Clay all the time, encouraging him. They want to know Jake is, like, vouching for him because he played football at Sanford. So he's, like, vouching for him to coaches. And it's really sweet. It's what you're talking about of, like, at the end of the day, they're each other's biggest fans, even through the competitive, cut, like, cutthroat, like, who's better, who's stronger. That's what you want, you know. And it, at the end of the day, it really does make them better, too, you know. Yes, I, I agree. And, you know, moms are probably thinking, like, how do I do that? How do I create that dynamic? I will say something that I believe, and I believe this is true in any group dynamic, is that typically the oldest one really sets the tone. Mm -hmm. And so, um, like in our house, Ella sets the tone for her sisters. They look up to her. She's the leader. She's a sweet personality. And like I said, she and her sister, they used to fight all the time when they were younger, but they really don't anymore. Like, I can't remember the last time they got in a big fight. But a lot of it's because of how she treats her sisters and she Mm -hmm. celebrates them. And it's like when one sibling is doing that, especially the older sibling, Mm -hmm. then it creates that dynamic where the younger sibling is just so excited because most younger siblings just want the attention of the older sibling. They want to impress them. They want them to love them. And, you know, usually there's a disconnect there. But when that older sibling is coming back to see their games and celebrating them and buying into the stream that they have, then the younger one's going to respond to that. So I think that's one way True. to really think about sibling dynamics is if you can get the older one to 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 see the influence that they have and the power that they have to use it for good, mm-hmm. then it really can help set the tone for the family. So true. Oh, my goodness. If the oldest brother wants to start freestyling, rapping, they all are in the car trying to, like, freestyle. They just, yes. like, they are contagious. They bounce off of each other. And it is sweet when you can get the oldest one to set the tone, how the younger ones will follow. Um yeah, but it is easy, I feel like, 
to show grace sometimes to the whole world and then not show grace to the people closest to you because they know you so well, because you care so much what they think. It's almost like you hold them to a higher standard, you know? But just remembering that, you know, it, it can be easier to forgive and show grace to people that don't know you that well. But then it's more so important to show people grace and forgiveness, the ones who know you the best, you know, in your family. I agree. And and one thing I think about that is a Bible verse that is so relevant to families is love covers a multitude of sins. Mm. <laughs> like I said, any relationship where you got a lot of interactions and years and decades of encounters, there's going to be a lot of hurt and pain. But love covers a multitude of sins. And you talked earlier about the, the enemy, and it's so true. And I've had to learn this when I'm feeling frustrated with my husband or child or somebody that the Greek word for devil is diablos, and it means the one who divides. Mm-hmm. So when there's division, whether you're feeling it or you're seeing your kids divided by something, just know that the devil's at work, and the devil does not want strong families. Mm-hmm. And some people don't like to talk about the devil, but it's, it's he's real. I mean, Jesus is more powerful. We know that, and you know God's going to win this battle of good versus evil. But I do feel like we're um, we're now under attack, and I feel like families are under attack. And the devil doesn't want strong families because they are such a place of healing and strength and celebration. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's one thing I'm seeing is that, you know, a lot of kids today, they're facing a lot of problems, but they don't have that home network and they don't have that security at home to really get through those problems. Mm-hmm. And so they don't have that support system they need. Right. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. Exactly. And so as moms, I think, you know, just realizing the need to pray for your family, you know, as you're looking for advice to help your siblings be close, Pray for your kids. Pray for protection from the enemy. Mm-hmm. You know, pray for God to fill their heart with the the spirit of truth and light and love. Mm-hmm. You know, just pray for God to, to work there, and just pray for God to give you the wisdom and the the knowledge to know what you need to do to to help these family dynamics. And just know that we're working against these forces we might not even see, but right. all this division and ag- agitation and jealousy and resentment or whatever it is that tears families apart. That there's mm-hmm. something underlying it and, right. and we're under attack right now and when you notice those negative things in your family members of oh he complains all the time or like he's grumpy or he whatever instead of immediately re- reacting and being like you complain all the time you're grumpy just taking that to the lord first and being like lord i pray that you soften his heart you know and fill him with gratitude like let him see how grateful he should be for your blessings and your favor in his life just praying bringing it to the lord because in James, he talks about submit then yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. It's like that is such an amazing practical tactic to outwit the enemy, you know? And mm-hmm. I mean, he says flee from arguments, you know, like demolish strongholds, take every thought captive, make it obedient to Christ. And so even recognizing maybe lies that people are believing, you know, that it, it could sound s- stupid saying out loud, but a lie, a child might be believing of my parents are more proud of him than me. Or, my parent, my parents enjoy going to their games more than mine, or I'm disappointing my brother in this way, or I'll never amount to this. Just maybe even recognizing those lies and like confronting them or writing them or saying them out loud and replacing them with truth, like putting scripture in the house to read as like just that really is powerful. And it sounds so simple, like obviously, but just that's how real it is. You know, the enemy comes to steal and kill and destroy, and he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, you know, and he has no power because the name of Jesus is over every name. And so, yeah, I think being quick to pray, not only privately for your family members, but if there's a moment 
not only before dinner, but just being like, let's just pray together. You know, like, let's, oh, you're worried about this. You're annoyed about with this and your brother. Let's just pray about it right now. And it changes your mindset to wanting to attack that person for their flaws, to wanting to like go to war for them against the schemes of the enemy. Oh, that is so good. And it's so true. I used to do that when, when I had friends that wanted to carpool, like when my kids were in elementary school, like, hey, do you want to carpool? And I was like, I know it would make my life easier, but I like taking them to school because we pray before school. Like that's wow. my time with all of them in the car. So sweet. And so as moms, you know, you're like you said, just looking for those times to to pray out loud mm-hmm. and um, to talk about these things. Like you're, which it was so good about like these inner thoughts that we have that mom and dad like her more than me, or they're more proud of her, or I'm disappointing them, or I'm the black sheep of the family. Mm-hmm. That so many of these thoughts that we have are what lead to resentment and bitterness as we get older and mm-hmm. to these false narratives that we start living by and telling ourselves that half the time aren't even true. Mm-hmm. And so I think one thing we can do with as moms, as our kids are little, is just helping them. Sometimes they don't even realize the thoughts that they're having, mm-hmm. but just talking about sibling rivalry, talking about how common it is, you know, sharing your stories from growing up of how you were competitive with your siblings and then having them, you know, write those thoughts out, like you said, like what are the lies that you think the enemy is telling you? Mm-hmm. Because there are forces trying to unrun our family. Right. I just think that the more that we can get all of this out into the light, into the open and talk about it without without embarrassment to know that this is just so normal. Right. And that, you know, when you're when you grow up in a family, you're going to naturally compare yourself because everybody else is comparing you. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard not to. Right. But to not let that that comparison get in the way of your relationship or being able to celebrate each other. Right. I'm even thinking about right now, it sounds kind of random, but just it really is rare now having all five kids together in the same place under the same roof at the same time. And it's funny how much we laugh and talk about memories of, you know, being in a bunk bedroom at the beach or the lake or just all riding in the car together for hours or having family movie night. All those little memories growing up of just being all together are things that I would credit those to being, you know, one of the biggest reasons why we're still close, even while we're all in different seasons of life and schools and stages, we all bond over those memories and have videos and pictures from just all of us being silly together. So I don't know. I think just realizing how precious that time is, not only, I mean, it's always precious, but especially when your kids are young, like they crave that and want that and cherish that. And we'll talk about it for the rest of their lives. Yes. Oh, and and it's so funny and it's so interesting to me, like what their memories are or like what my my sisters and my brother and I talk about as our best memories, that it's not usually the big trips, which not like we did a lot of big trips, but Mm -hmm. it's not those big moments. It's those little things. It really is. We all had our friends spending the night and we were doing a nerd contest or, you Mm -hmm. know, just Mm -hmm. crazy things like that. Oh, but like, you know, even Harry and his sister. So he has a sister that's a year above him and a sister that's a year below him. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen three siblings that are so close. I mean, like <laughs> they do not fight. Like even when they have a problem that they have to solve together, that they just, they kind of know their strengths and they, they don't, they don't say, well, I did this and you need to do this. And, you know, they just all give what they can. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They just have a really good dynamic, but, um, you know, people used to always ask his mom, like, what did you do to make them so close? And she's like, I don't know. They were, you know, they were always together. They, you know, they were in high school together. They were in college together. All their friends knew each other. Wow. But, but when you listen to them talk about their childhood, you know, their best memories are what they used to complain about. Mm-hmm. So they're Greek. And so they grew up in Gadsden. You know, Gadsden's not exactly a very Greek Orthodox town. <laughs> so there were only like three Greek Orthodox 
Orthodox churches in Alabama. And so they had to drive to Birmingham every Sunday. So they had this tiny car. So every Sunday they would cram into their dad's tiny car and drive to Birmingham. And then they were here all day because then they would go to Aunt Elsie and Uncle Arthur's house and they'd have a cookout and, you know, spend five hours with all the relatives and mm-hmm. then drive back home. Right. So, you know, when you're growing up and when you're a teenager, that is not your idea of fun. And so they, they griped and they complained. But it's so funny because, like, now they talk about, like, those memories in that car are, like, their best memories. Mm. And so I think as moms, sometimes we underestimate just the value of just being together right. and those funny moments that spontaneously happen right. just as you're living life. You know, my mm-hmm. girls, I think about how they, um, I mean, they talk about, oh, yeah, remember that time you had to go get stitches because they were, it was when Dancing with the Stars was on and they were dancing around in my high heels and one of them fell and the heel hit her in the head and we had to go get her stitches. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, at the time I'm like, oh my gosh, but mm-hmm. it, those are the memories that, that last and that really kind of bond you for life. It's true. And it's crazy how little it takes. You know, we think we need to go on huge, expensive trips or have these crazy, elaborate plans. But my brothers and I, we all, like, the times where we were, like, crying, laughing, like, couldn't breathe, we were laughing so hard, and is when we were, like, in a bunk bedroom together, you know, at the lake or something, just (laughs) doing nothing, like, no TV, no phone, just playing some type of game or, like, watching each other wrestle. I don't even know, but that is so true. The smallest things are what we remember forever. And I would just pray for those moments. I'm still praying for them, you know, just for the Lord to continue because He's so close. Like He wants, we said at the beginning, it's in Him that we live and move and have our being. He's so willing and ready just to like make a moment so special like that. And so, yeah, I just want more of them. Yeah. And you know, something I've been thinking about lately is that sometimes what messes with our idea of family is what we're seeing on social media. Mm-hmm. And so I think most people want to be close to their families. They want to say, my sister's my best friend, or my mom's my best friend, or my dad's my hero, and mm-hmm. they don't feel that way. But sometimes it's because we're getting the vision of what we think our family should look like on social media, mm-hmm. and we feel like we're failing in some perspective. Right. And we're not really tapping into those unique personalities and gifts and blessings that God has given us mm-hmm. and those unique memories. And so um, like one example, I actually just wrote about this recently because I'm working on a new project, but I laugh at myself. But um, I remember one time seeing this video on Facebook a couple of years ago, and it was a guy I knew in college, and it was him and his teenage daughter, and they were in the den. And it was the sweetest father-daughter moment. Like, he's playing guitar, she's singing some Disney song, and you could just tell how close they are. And I think the wife had taped it. Like, they did. this was not staged. They were not trying to get it filmed, but mm-hmm. they were just sharing, like, a peek behind the curtain in their home. And at first, I was, like, so touched. I'm like, that is the sweetest thing I've ever seen. And then I started thinking, oh, I want that for Harry and my girls. Mm-hmm. And so my mom mind starts plotting. I'm thinking, okay, how can I make that happen in my home? Okay, like, first, Harry needs to take guitar lessons. <laughs> and then the oh girls need to have singing lessons. Oh, no. And then i got to convince them that this is a good idea. Make them want to do this. Oh, and, and we do this as moms. Like, you mm-hmm. know, whether we admit it or not, we got something. Like, I want to match that memory that I see that family making on social media. Mm-hmm. And then I started just dying laughing because my husband, as you know, is awesome. Like he, my, I tell my girls all the time, they hit the daddy jackpot. Like yeah. he's amazing, but he has no musical ability. <laughs> like, I mean, the, the thought, then I started thinking of him singing and playing guitar. It just made me laugh because it's right. so not him. Mm-hmm. And and I just, I realized, I was like, you know, that's the enemy trying to get to me to, mm-hmm. to make me look at somebody else's family as the vision of how my family is supposed to look. Right. So that's what I want to really encourage anyone listening to do too is just, Look at your family and the memories that you're making already and the things that are natural to you. Right. You know, Christmas, I think one of my favorite Christmas memories we do as a family, obviously we do the matching pajamas like every family, but 
but right before bed on Christmas Eve, Harry always reads the girls, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas." And they have this this little thing that they all sleep in the same bedroom. Like, they will take a mattress off one of the sisters' beds and put it in Ella's bedroom, and they all sleep in the same room. And the next morning when they wake up, Ella's allowed to go down first, but you know, and then she comes up and tells them when it's time to go down to our room and get us, and then we all go in. But it's really like those little traditions that they love the most. It's not the big, fancy, elaborate things. It's just those traditions that they look forward to every year, especially the ones that started in childhood, like the putting the mattress on the floor and all sleeping in the same room right. that they're carrying into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And it takes the pressure off realizing that the things from God we don't strive for, we don't control, we don't manipulate. You know, it's like they're just gifts. And every family, it's cool how every family looks different because things that are traditions in my family or, you know, rhythms or yearly things we look forward to pretty much all have to do with sports or wiffle ball or kickball or some type of game. And that's great. But then just, but then I have friends that are either only child or they have one or two siblings and they just love, you know, watching a movie with their family on a certain day of the week or month and going to a special dinner spot or just, it doesn't matter. You know, it just, it's not about the outward thing. Like it's people that look at that outward situation or trip or game, but the Lord is just, you know, looking at the heart. And I feel like the heart of all of this is just to be close with the family that God's given us. And I love that he wants to take the pressure off. You know, he already wants to do it. Yes. Yes. And, and also I just want to encourage any moms that are listening that if your kids are fighting, especially if you got little kids fighting, like Mm -hmm. don't lose hope. And even my sisters and I, sometimes those are our best memories of the fights that we used to have. Like, Uh you know, you don't, you don't think it at the time. It feels (laughs) like their life and their relationship will be ruined forever. But like, I I still have a friend that didn't grow up with a sister, my friend Greta, and Mm -hmm. she still talks about this fight that she witnessed between me and my sister over a Cinderella sweater. And I'm like, I don't even remember that fight because it was one of like 10,000. Right. But she was petrified. She's like, I've never seen anything like it. (laughs) She still talks about it to this day. I mean, Mm -hmm. we were friends in eighth grade since then. And so, um, but I think it's hilarious. It is hilarious. It doesn't, you know, phase me. It didn't phase me back then to have a fight with my sister because it happened all the time. And so, you know, and we're close today. So I just don't want parents to lose heart and think that just because your kids are arguing that it's all over, that it's hopeless because that's part of it. And obviously it's good to be sensitive to the season of life everyone's in. But I mean, we still, we're like, remember Kai's like hormonal days? Like he was just like, (laughs) like we joke about it all the time. But I think just, what you said, being a peacemaker in that. And obviously we're not going to, but it kind of helps the person be more lighthearted and like not take themselves too yes, seriously yes. when siblings are like, Oh, a little grumpy, like little, little sad boy. You know, it's like, it kind of helps you not take yourself so seriously to make light of it. But it also just reminds me of the truth that God literally does work everything out for our good. You know, like even the fights, even the mistakes, he somehow makes everything beautiful in its time. And like things that were complete, falling out, like bawling, crying, explosive arguments are now like just another story and like example of how God can make things new and use everything. Not that we look for those huge explosive arguments, but it's just cool how he can redeem everything, you know, like in the past, present and future. So don't lose heart. That's, that's what you said. Just don't lose heart. Oh, and something else for moms to keep in mind too, that, you know, say you mentioned, you know, child's hormonal or going through one of those seasons. We have definitely had that, but Something I've realized in my house, and I saw this happen with um, two of my daughters when they had a stressful year in school. Like, school was so stressful that it changed their personality Mm -hmm. and made them grumpier and more irritated and short-tempered with their siblings. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's something as moms, too, that that can kind of be our clue that maybe, like, okay, 
what can we do to tone down their life? And so mm-hmm. in both of those cases, it happened junior year. And so, you know, senior year, I'm like, you lighten your load. You know, we're not trying to get into Harvard here. Like, there's no reason for you to be taking all AP classes. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just me as a mom. I mean, I'd rather have a child who's happy and getting along with their family and having time for their family than one that's just having to study all the time and be stressed all the time. So, you know, obviously our kids are going to go through hard seasons or hormonal seasons or just be in a bad mood, and we can't control that. But sometimes there are things affecting the sibling dynamic, and it's maybe there's an issue with a child or they're feeling overwhelmed or too stressed out, Mm -hmm. and there's something we can do to lighten their load or to help them figure out a better way to do it so that they can have those relationships at home. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Yeah. I think a lot of the arguments that happened in our family were because someone was too tired or like just it's dysfunctional when everyone's going 100 miles a minute all the time, no sleep, over too many things on the plate. Um, So, yeah, a lot of it isn't nearly as deep as it seems. You know, it's just like someone needs to take a nap. (laughs) That's right. A nap can help a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Take a nap or take a break. Right. Yeah. It is cool, though, how for so many years my brother – you know, I would kind of just want to stiff arm them when it came to things in my personal life. And now it's like, I want to tell them everything. Like, I don't want to even go on a date with a guy that they don't all love and respect. And my older brother just got a girlfriend. And now I'm like, do y'all want to do weekly dinners? And he's like, uh, and she's like, yes, it's just fun. I, I'm seeing now like the fruit of just wanting to be close instead of right all the time. And I'm praying. I'm like, Lord, can I go on family trips with my brothers and their future wives one day? And they're like, that sounds terrible. But in my head, I'm like, <laughs> yes. I don't know. I think that that's his heart, just for us to be close, not perfect, not never arguing, not never disagreeing, not being the same person, but just, you know, seeking the Lord with who he's calling us to be and celebrating what that looks for each one of us has been huge. Yes. And, and that's a great place to end. And actually, that's funny. Harry and I were just talking about that the other day, that when we first started dating, you know, we'd been friends for years. And then there's a party and one night things just kind of changed and we started liking each other and, and going out and just the sparks started to fly, I guess you could say. But my birthday was a few weeks after that. And so I was I always ate dinner with my parents and some of my siblings who were in town for my birthday. I was 22 years old. And so I asked him, I was like, hey, do you want to meet us for dinner? Do you want to come to dinner? And so he's like, yeah. So he drove in town. And I remember, I thought that I, I felt pretty sure that my family would love him. I'm like, what was there not to love? But you just never know. But it was so fun to me to see that dynamic. Like they instantly clicked. Mm. Like they loved him. He was laughing with them and engaging with them. So special. And it's just like your family just getting even better. It right. was just like he brought something special to the table. Oh man! And we were talking about that the other day. That he's like, I remember when we first started dating, like meeting your family, and it reminded me so much of my family. Mm. And that's something that we were really drawn to in each other. That we both loved each other's family we loved how close each of us were with our families and how we felt inside right. of each other's families oh. and like his dad always said you marry family mm-hmm. and um and it has been such a blessing I mean I feel like my girls I'm so thankful that they have these awesome relatives on both sides that you yes. know people dread spending the holidays with their families and we don't I mean we've got awesome people on both sides and I'm not saying we don't have our conflicts and tensions and mm-hmm. things that happen we are like every other family mm-hmm. but you know, we really love all being together, and well, and there's a security there, and that's that's what I want for my children is to know that I want no that. matter what's happening in the world, that there's a security there. Yes, and and even in the season of life that I'm in, I feel like a lot of my friends right now we're in that season of losing parents, and you feel like your family's getting smaller. Mm-hmm. 
but I look at like my neighbors across the street who are ahead of me and just people maybe 10 years or five years ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And they're in that season of growth where somebody's getting married or they're having babies and the family's getting bigger. Right. And that's my prayer. That I'm like, I want them to all be close. I want them to love the people, right. the men that they all marry and mm-hmm. I want their cousins to be close. And, you know, that's my dream. And that's what I'm praying for right. as a mom. And not everyone, you know, was born into the huge, tight knit, close family, but I think it's cool what you're saying of how it could be such a place of security. It really does point to the security we find in Jesus. You know, so like if all we have is our relationship with the Lord and that's secure, we have everything we need, you know. But um, it is exciting you talking about how Harry was just an addition to your family because, you know, that is such like when something is from the Lord, it should bless the other things in your life from the Lord. And I pray for that because it's funny and as my brothers are, you know, I pray that every single one of them will respect and love my future husband, you know, and sometimes that feels like too high of a bar because they all have strong opinions and different preferences. But I just know that like, that's the Lord's heart just to be close. And for that kind of closeness and security to point to the closeness and security we have in Jesus. And anyway. Yeah, it is. And it's so rewarding to see that. Like, it's so rewarding to see your husband with your sister or like when I see Harry with my dad and just that they have their own little relationship and just enjoying each other's company and laughing that Mm -hmm. it was just it just makes your family even better right and I think that's how God created it to be and that's what we're fighting for as we're fighting for our family yes but like you said you know we'll end here that no family size is wrong you know whether your family is made up of two people or three people or 20 people whatever that God has a plan for all of us He works in all of our circumstances, whether you're married or you're not, you know, whether you live apart in different towns from your family, you're all in the same neighborhood, Mm -hmm. you know, he can work with all circumstances. So the the first thing is just to take it to him in prayer and Mm -hmm. tell him what you want, this close knit family. And, you know, don't, we don't need these visions in our head that we're trying to force and make happen. Right. But, you know, leaving it open to God and his creativity of what he wants to do in our family. And like we said earlier, just knowing that more than we desire that, he desires that for us. Amen. So true. Okay, well, I'm going to end with a prayer. Anything else that you want to add here? Just that when you ask God for things according to His will, He hears you. Amen. That's so good. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the women and the girls and anyone else who is listening. We know your heart for families. We know that you know the heart of every listener right now and what they're desiring for their family. We just ask for your blessing in their homes. We ask for you to fill their homes and their hearts and their children's hearts with the the gift of the Holy Spirit, with your light, your truth, your love, and your freedom. And God, just help bless those relationships that are so important to these mothers and help create strong families, help create strong communities, and and help create strong faith believers in Christ as well. And God, we just praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your good plan and for all these tools and relationships you give us to help us to get through this world and to navigate the hard parts of life and also find great joy along the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you enjoyed the show, please follow the Girl Mom Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen and leave a ratings or review so others can find these messages too. Also, my new book for moms called More Than a Mom, How Prioritizing Your Wellness Helps You and Your Family Thrive is now available everywhere books are sold. This book is for girl moms and boy moms and full of encouragement no matter what season of parenting you're in. Find the link to this book and my other books in the show notes. Thanks again for your support and have a great day.